Welcome to the audio version of my podcast show. Originally, I was called Make 70s Great, and we were going to be talking about a lot of 70s topics in history related to politics, but I thought... I was going to lean back, guys. I was going to lean back on a lot of podcasts and stuff that I used to do in the past, which was a lot of folklore. So what I've done is I've renamed the podcast, basically the eclectic folklore and history politics with Melissa Dawn. It's going to cover a lot of those elements, but we will be covering the 1970s. And today's topic, you'll notice, is going to be about the... Wow. The, what can we say about the infamous cult leader Jim Jones? Well, a lot. And we're going to cover him today on this podcast. And one of the reasons I decided this was, before we get into Jim Jones, the reason I decided to cover him is because I was uploading interviews from my archive. And I was putting them on my website. I have an archive area of my website, which I'm giving a lot of my research content on my podcasts away for free. And I did a show on Jim Jones and the quality was really bad. The guest I had on, it just was a bad show in general. It wasn't up to the quality that I wanted it. And the guest voice was all muddled and I had to do so much editing, trying to make her be heard. And I thought, you know what? I'm not uploading this into my archives. I'm just going to do a new show on it. So we're going to be talking about Jim Jones today, and not just, hey, this is Jim Jones, this is when he was born. We're going to be talking about Jim Jones in this context of this false prophet, but a real devious character, cult leader, that there's things you may, may not know about him. You might know the generals and the drink, the Kool-Aid, but there's a lot of things that you don't know about him and his Marxism that can relate to stuff that's happening today. And you can see it happening in the culture today, like on steroids. And we're going to analyze how manipulative a lot of this sort of Marxist, you know, cultural revolution, sexual revolution stuff really is. And we're going to do it looking at Jim Jones. All right, so, um, but before I get into that, let's discuss what I'm doing actually as a whole with this podcast. Uh, Really, I've talked this out with my husband. 
and I've been looking at stuff. My, I used to have a really successful podcast called The Secret Door, and a lot of my audience now is on Twitter rather than Facebook. I've shifted over. My Facebook is dead, deado, and so I, I encourage you to follow me on Twitter. But I do have mostly patriots and Trump supporters and people like that on my Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. There's 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 people who who are classical liberals like me. I always was a classical liberal and then I just shifted over to basically conservative because, you know, the Marxist crazy stuff that's, you know, invaded the left is just, you know, it's not workable. You, you can't, I can't support it. And so we've become more conservative and I think you've become more conservative as you age. That's why the Democrats want to get the young, the youth and brainwash them before they get older. But anyways, um, I thought, I have so much content that I could select some of my favorites and the best of information and put it up in an archive on my website for people to access for free. So the website URL, which I will put in the notes so you can click easy, it's not, I couldn't get melissadon.com. It just wasn't happening. Uh, that's, you know, common. I, I knew someone had already scooped that up. So I did melissadon eclectic. Dot com, And you can go to that link in the show notes. It's the same website. It's sort of got this, rather than a funky 70s feel, it's got like this sort of velvet wallpaper, elegant 70s. <laughs> you know, I think once you see the wallpaper, you'll know what I'm talking about. I still love the 70s. I'm still going to be doing stuff from there like antiques and showing stuff, but it's going to be a little different. Uh, my The podcasts that come in audio like this are going to be me solo kind of ranting on about things but I also because I've collected so much folklore that's a lot of my archive content that I'm going to probably turn the YouTube channel into story time edited pieces we'll see what happens there if anybody wants to do interviews I'm all for it you can contact me on the website in the contact page there's the email make 70s great at gmail.com or you can find me out on twitter and we can do spaces i think that's the coolest thing to do right now because we don't need anything special you need your phone and you need a twitter or x account and you can come on spaces and we can do an audio and that way people can join so if there's anyone out there who wants to talk about you know history eclectic stuff folklore even cult leaders like Mr. Jim Jones or whatever's happening in politics, you can contact me on the website, melissadonneclectic.com, and we'll do that via spaces because it's much easier for me just to pull out my phone and do an interview on spaces rather than how I used to do it, which is get, have to get the camera set up, have to get the studio set up, have to get everything, you know, a shower. I could show up looking like a greasy hippie and no one will ever know. I used to have to do a lot of prep work and I still do for research, but that's how you would do it. So let's stop talking about that and let's get into Jim Jones. I have a slideshow that I had created about Jim Jones and I'm going to make that available on the website in the archives. Um, under archives, under documents, I'm going to make this one available as a PDF that you can read and go over this information, but I'm using it as a guideline because I found it. So, you know, why rewrite the whole thing? Why, you know, recreate the will? We'll just go with a lot of the information that I already had. Okay, so why is Jim Jones so important of a figure? It's because of what he represented at the time. If you go 
back in time and you look at who Jim Jones was when he was born and he was born during, you know, Jim Crow eras where he would have saw racism happening and unjustness happen. And when you realize a lot of things about how he developed and how he targeted the black, like he was a white preacher preaching like, 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 you know, a black Baptist preacher or something like that, or an evangelical. And he was targeting, most of his members were black Americans and he was targeting them all the while presenting himself as this anti-racist guy. He was also a Democrat. He invented the rainbow family. Uh, All these things you see today with these concepts out Marxism You can root it out to Jim Jones and what he was doing in the 70s. So we're going to start a little bit. We'll do a little bit about his history so we can understand him. But you're going to see how the crazy stuff today is like a really loud echo forth of what Jim Jones was doing. In fact, I don't even know if you can call it an echo anymore because it's not faint. It's, it's, It's invaded everything. And we, you will see that there's people out there who idolize Jim Jones. It's it's disturbing when you know what he's done. So let's go back in time. It's 1931, Crete, Indiana, May the 13th. That is when Jim Jones was born. And sadly, he was born into a family where his father was an alcoholic. His mother was Cherokee Indian. And he lived in poverty. I believe his mother was solely financial financial supporter of the family. I think his father was not working a lot. Real real problems there. And Jones was, of course, often left to his own devices. He was very neglected. He had a very aloof parents. They didn't give him a lot of affection. And he was perceived as an outsider. And I'm sure a lot of us can can identify with that. And I think a lot of the people who are running this Marxist stuff today, you're gonna find this sort of outsider feel to them where they don't, because they don't belong in whatever is mainstream, they want to tear it down and destroy it. Now, the important thing to know about Jones is he became very obsessed with death and religion from a very young age. He was performing funerals for pets. He was said that he actually killed a cat and then so he could perform a funeral for it, so he could practice that sort of and we're talking like a young boy, like eight, nine. We're not talking an adult either. But that shows you that psychopathy that he already had. That he killed a cat so he could perform some type of ritual and practice his preaching, even from a young age. It's it's quite crazy, really. So as a child, what's really interesting is he obviously picked up on what was happening in the culture with Jim Crow and and disparities between black Americans and and white Americans and that there was a a justifiable reason to point out that it was not right it was not you know they they didn't have the same they weren't being treated the same as white Americans and what's interesting is he decided to target minority black community with preaching as a child he's saying he identified with him this is really interesting to analyze this because you often hear this today where people identify as something other than what they're born as and that might come from some kind of trauma or being raised inappropriately they might maybe they're raised by borderline parents maybe they're just disconnected from everything and or they're they're 
your puberty period is really difficult and they start identifying as something else because Jim Jones started identifying uh, with the black minority community, even though he was white. He did have Cherokee, but you couldn't, you wouldn't look at Jim Jones and, and know that right away. He was a very hypnotic child creature. And here's what's more disturbing. And here's what tells me that a lot of liberals and Democrats don't realize that a lot of the ways that they speak is not some conservative and right wing. Well, they're right wing, but it's not the conservatives who are the right wing Hitler lovers. It's actually the left. Jim Jones, Mr. Rainbow Family and Love and he used to listen to Hitler speeches and perform and mimic them as a child. A lot of people don't know that about him. He was adamant and he would preach to black people. He would go in their churches and preach and just a really peculiar child. But the fact that he was listening to Hitler speeches is really disturbing. And he would have been listening to this. I mean, he would have gone through World War II, so he was aware. Hitler would have been operating when he was a young boy, and he was mimicking and idolizing Hitler at the time that Hitler was functioning. So Hitler influenced Jim Jones, who, in the future, you'll see, he becomes a raging Democrat. It's really interesting. So when, when the Democrats try to be like, oh, the right-wing fascists are on the conservative side, you can look at this and see how many cultural icons that were Democrat were actually preaching Hitler when they were young. It's really disturbing. Okay, so we're jumping forward a little bit here, and he's older, he's an adult, 1951. And you start to see him becoming part of Communist Party. And that's why I think it's really interesting, like, that they're trying to draw these direct lines between right wing and Hitler. But you see someone like Jim Jones mimicking Hitler, but identifying with the Communist Party. But Hitler was more of a socialist party. I think this whole, I think it was just his whole message of the fatherland that differentiated from Communist Party. And he had this idea that the, you know, the supreme fatherland, everything is for this male figure. And But the Communist Party just says something like motherland or mother Russia. They'll say something different, but it's the same thing. It it operates very similar. So in 1951, Jim Jones is 20. He's attending Communist Party meetings in the United States. Um, Anti-FBI, of course, because at the time the FBI was against communism, like unlike today. So this stuff has infiltrated everywhere to the point where at the, today even the FBI is like, oh, good. Um, communist day. So 1952, Jim Jones becomes a student pastor at the Somerset Southside Methodist Church. And he eventually parts ways with them because he claims they forbade integration with minorities and he didn't like that. Well, that's just, I mean, you can understand why someone would be like, that's not fair. We're all Americans. So after he leaves this Methodist church, he starts preaching at the Cattle Tabernacle. And then he makes the move to create his own church early. So he's doing this early when he's young. And this own church eventually becomes the People's Temple, which is where he really shines as this cult leader. But people don't think he's a cult leader. They actually think he's the second coming of Christ, which should be a red flag right there. So 
some interesting stuff is uh, one of the ways he started like contacting people and getting to people. He didn't have the internet, but he was raising monkeys and he would go selling monkeys door to door to, for, to create funds for the church. Um, he studied, of course, I already said he studied Hitler. He also studied a figure called Father Divine. And it was how to manipulate members and make them subservient in his church. So he's selling monkeys, raising funds. You can't get crazier. Like, it, it sounds crazy, and it is crazy. Father Divine specifically instructs him to find an enemy within. And you can see this today. Trump's the enemy. MAGA's the enemy. The, these divisive cult leader type, you could call the Democratic Party a cult because they're always trying to point to this enemy somewhere. There's fascists everywhere where there are no fascists. It's, it's an illogical, crazy disillusion and a lot of Democrats are falling for it. They're screaming bloody murder when nothing is there. So Father Divine is the one who specifically tells in his instructions, I don't know if he knew him personally, but he says, find an enemy within and that way you can have your people focus on the enemy and you as the hero rather than some question you and your behaviors. So, that you know how everything gays, the rainbow and the rainbow this and the rainbow that? Well, Jim Jones hijacked the rainbow long before the gay community did. And he started doing that back in 1954. He, he did that because he started to adopt children with different racial backgrounds and he claimed it was the rainbow family and it sounds really positive like wow what this guy is really great like he's adopting all these children and giving them a good life and trying to help them and give you know you know make them his children like how much more good can you get like that sounds positive right we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that as we go into this this um Discuss well, not really a discussion. It's really a, my narrative on it. <laughs> so, you know, the interesting thing about Jim Jones, and we can see this in activism today, is he created a lot of these concepts. He would go to conventions and do road trips, and he would he have all these buses that would have members, but they would always have empty seats on the buses to make sure they had room to pick up people along the way. Yeah, he would have these buses and he would bus people around trying to collect other members. And they had that whole equality, rainbow family, equal rights, Jim Jones is going to take care of you. The People's Temple, you know, will offer you a place to belong because you don't belong in society. Society has, you know, he, you can see him taking an advantage of an issue in the culture and using it to further his own very strange cult-like philosophy, which starts to develop more and more. At this time in the 50s, he doesn't look like the Jim Jones of the 70s. He just looks like a preacher. He's, you know, got a nice cut 50s haircut, dressed in a suit and tie. He's just looks like a family man. You, you, you're not suspecting it at first, and you don't know what's going to become. And I suspect that part of the Cultural Revolution affected Jim Jones and he took advantage of it and so here he's you know within the confines of the 50s and the style and what's happening in family but he gets as he gets into the 60s and the 70s and you see a sexual revolution the cultural revolution things changing his megalomaniac personality that he has that has obviously been established since he was a child starts coming out 
Okay, so he was still doing this People's Temple. He started this, you know, back in, I believe it's um, Indiana. But he eventually moves to California. And because he says that Indiana was too racist of a society for him to operate his message. And he decided to head west to California. And at that time, you know, he, he's actually early. People were going west to California, like in the late 60s. But Jim Jones is ahead of the game. He's ahead of the game. I'm going to go to California. Um, first, he was at Redwood. Then he moved to San Francisco. So he was doing this long before people were doing Hate ashbury or anything like that. And because the culture activity was already happening and he had that sense of that and he probably wanted in on it. So what he did, did which is this is really interesting, and you can see the Democrats do this today like, you know, it's their playbook. So what he did when he was in Indiana before he went to California and I think he probably did this so his people would follow him there was an attack on his church in Indiana and he declared Nazis attacked his church and painted swastikas all over the church and that was his villain he told his people in the church this is the enemy from within they're here in Indiana they're coming to get us Look at what they're doing. We have to get out of here because there's Nazis. Okay, so the chances, even then, that it was Nazis is pretty low. And it's all likely and very suspicious that it was actually Jim Jones who painted the swastikas all over the building. Because he's creating, he, he's read this stuff, he knows, he knows he's got a vulnerable population of... <clears throat> Of people, a lot of black Americans, and he knows he has to create this fear. So they'll follow him, and he said he'll protect them, okay? So he's also forming his own, you know, it, it, it should be the biggest red flag, is that he starts forming this sort of Marxist-communist religion with the people's temple. And you can see the elites today, like, they're they're taking this in overdrive. It's why we have to fight against it. He declared that if you were a socialist or a communist, you were not born in sin. However, the capitalists were demon seed. That was something he preached. Even though, ironically, he was using capitalism to sell monkeys door to door to get money for the church. He was using capitalism. He's also calling it the demon seed. So it's Nazis and capitalism. People, the Democrats still do this today. The, they, they've, but they've been invaded. The Democrats weren't like this severe, but they've been invaded by this stuff. And you can see Jim Jones perpetrating it. Most of you all only know the Kool-Aid, you know, that part and the death. You, you don't, if you, but if you look into Jim Jones, you realize he was spewing this Marxist stuff that calls Christianity. He's even calling Jesus bad. You know, he, 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 defiling Jesus, even eventually you'll hear him do it. And capitalists are the demon seed and fascists. And, and, and he's creating this fictitious demon to terrorize these really weak and vulnerable people that are part of his church. And these people give up everything. 
They give up everything. That's one of the signs of the cult. I'm not going to go over all the signs of cults in this. I used to have a website that listed it out, but yeah, he's creating the us versus them. That's really integral. You have to love bomb them at first, get the people in, say nice things, make them feel like it's a place they belong, set it up as a paradise, and then you have to start the brainwashing and the manipulating and one of the ways you do that is you create a villain, an us versus them. You know, people will accuse the fascists of doing that, and sure, maybe they do. But Jim Jones uh, does this like, you know, the typical playbook. So once you get, I was mentioning this, once Jim Jones starts getting to the 70s, he's no longer a Christian preacher. He starts really abandoning Christianity, declaring it a flyaway religion. And of course, it's Jim Jones who has all the answers. So he's now gotten control of a fast group of people. I mean, we know there was probably, well, you know, thousands of them. And now he's the answer, not the church. That further isolates people. This is, this is isolation. Now that he's got them there, he's got them, probably most of them have given over their wealth. He's convinced them, hey... Give me your money. Give me all this stuff. I will provide you the social security, the dental work, everything. He convinced them of that. Give me your pension checks. Give me your business. And I'll set up this community where you never have to worry about anything again. And I will provide it for you. Totally like Mao. Like crazy stuff. And 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 you know he's never going to live up to that because he wants all the power for himself. Because he's actually secretly a megalomaniac. But nobody figures this stuff out because they don't know enough about despots and cult leaders to really figure out that this guy's a fraud. This guy's crazy. So he's abandoning Christianity. And he would tell people that he would be to them what they needed. Father, brother, friend, preacher. He also began, began to cl declare, he downed Jesus, but he declared he was the reincarnation of all of these things. Whether it was Jesus, or Gandhi, or Buddha, Father Divine, huge big red flag. Any of these kind of cult-like people, you can see them in the New Age or anything. When they're saying Jesus is telling them, it's kind of weird. But when they say they're the reincarnation of a figure, you know they've got this megalomaniac sort of concept. Because... It's not just like they're saying, oh, I think I'm reincarnated from the person. I've had some visions and they just go on with their day. Like maybe a normal person who believes in reincarnation would. They're using this as a manipulation tool to have people more deeply worship them. So they're not just a pastor. They're not just someone who cares about your rights or who's trying to form this. They're Jesus. That's deep for somebody who believe, who is a Christian. But also, anyone, these are weak people who are in a vulnerable situation who need to, you know, be protected. Uh, any Christian would know right away that that is sacrilegious. You do not claim your Jesus. It is just a no-no. But because these people are so desperate to belong somewhere, and he knows this because he's predatorial. If, you know, if he's the kind of preacher that we know of him, you know he's a predator. So it's in the 70s that Jim Jones starts to become really popular in the media. He's seen as a preacher man, a healer, a prophet, a prophet, sorry, who's there pretty much to deliver the promised land to the people. Beware of the false prophet, because that is Jim Jones. He's also cultivating his public image as this humanitarian. You know, he self-sacrifices. Um, but the, the reality, you know, 
we know now that all the abused members of the People's Temple were doing all the work. He wasn't the one. He was claiming. And that's another thing these megalomaniac crazies will do. They'll get you to do all the work and they'll claim, you know, the glory. So what starts to happen is in the 70s is Greedy Guts politicians <laughs> see the value of Jim Jones and how popular he is. It's not much different from all these politicians seeing BLM as a good thing or or any other kind of Marxist leader or cult type of thing. They say like, hey, this, this person's valuable. They could get me attention. What Jones would do, this is really important because some major politicians, including Jimmy Carter, used Jim Jones for this. They're all Democrats because Jim Jones identifies as left-leaning Remember, all these Democratic, none of them are Republicans, Republicans, sorry, all these Democratic politicians start going, huh, there's some value here. Because what Jim Jones would do is he would take all his poor, abused cult followers, who at first he pretended to love and having a place to belong, he would um, send his followers to a lot of their speaks speeches or press conferences, whatever it is that the candidate's doing, trying to get out as they're running for whatever office. He would send people there to create this exaggerated hype of energy, get people looking and, and you know, like get people engaged to help them with their PR, basically. Um, another thing that Jones would do is he would tell people he had like 20,000 members of his church like to that so many people which is exaggerated he had maybe 3,000 topped out so but he would take those 3,000 just like they're sending Antifa to burn down stuff but he would take them and have them go to democrat rallies and stuff like that and make it look like there's thousands and thousands of people there it wasn't like Trump and mega where these people are real Americans they were these abused vulnerable brainwashed you know, illogically thinking cult followers of Jim Jones, and they would go out. Um, one of the first ones that I believe they did was for a mayor in San Francisco. Um, this is a <laughs> this is the playbook that Democrats use. Um, he promoted for Moscone was his name. Uh, Moscone won twelve to one as mayor in San Francisco in 1975, thanks to Jim Jones. So unusual. 12 to 1, that, that's, almost, that's almost impossible. And it was alleged that this was one of the times Jim Jones started to, um, and the Democrats were using votes of dead people. Identity. So the Democrats have been doing this for a long time. And, and to win. And they keep playing it over and over again. And people are catching on now. They're like, hey, people are starting to believe this stuff. And it was there in the 70s with Jim Jones. Because that mayor won, ironically, Jim Jones receives a position as the chairman of San Francisco House and Authority Commission right after Moscone wins the mayorship in numbers that they're just not reality. A 12 to 1 means he cheated. They're, that's suspicious. So after seeing that success in 1975, which Jim Jones got a nice position within the government from it. Um, the Carters, the Carters, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, met with Jim Jones. 
they wanted help with their lagging campaign. So Jimmy Carter was not very popular at first. And I'm not trying to diss, you know, the former president. I'm not trying. You know, he had a good nature. He volunteered a lot. I understand there's people who really like him. But he wasn't a popular candidate. And he used the very corrupt and very cult-like, eventually murderer, Jim Jones, to help his campaign. Okay? And he would do that thing where he would send um he would send busloads of people to help push and promote Jimmy Carter and god knows if he cheated god knows what level um they'll get it now you know Kamala la 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 Kamala la 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 Harris and Willie Brown you know how she bent the knee to Willie Brown to get where she's gotten well our lovely Willie Brown constantly promoted Jim Jones back in the day. He said, here's exactly what Willie Brown said about Jim Jones. He said he was a combination of Martin Luther King Jr., Angela Davis, Albert Einstein, and Mao Zedong. Well, that sounds just fucking great. Uh, it also sounds like bullshit because um, it would feed his ego, but there's, <laughs> there's no way he's Albert Einstein. Just look at the craziness that people say. And the stuff they'll say, like, hey, it'll hype him up. And he, it, it's just, it, it's it's bonkers. It's like when Trump people, like most Trump voters I talk to, they just want a good economy and they want their their individual freedoms protected. There's probably people who are crazy and think Trump is like Jesus and Trump is like this. But, you know, if the establishment would stop making him look like Jesus and he's being persecuted, there would be no foundation of that. Anyways, but these people actually are nuts and smelling their own bullshit and trying to elevate it up to be like they're so amazing. Diane Feinstein promoted Jim Jones, just so you know. She's that 90-year-old um, trip keeper who literally can't function. Her daughter has to take over all of her estate and everything, but she's still allowed to be a senator or Congress or whatever she is. Um, she looks like she's half dead in her wheelchair. She, back in the day, promoted Jim Jones as well. Harvey Milk, who, by the way, yeah, he was assassinated. That's tragic. Nobody should be doing anything like that, but he was probably a pedophile. He targeted young men all the time. Um, he adapted, he took Jim Jones's rainbow family and did the rainbow for gay. So that's the connection. Um, Harvey Milk gushed about Jim Jones and the People's Tenor. Gushed about a cult leader. Such greatness I have found in Jim Jones' People's Temple, he said. That's Harvey Milk. So you can see how a lot of people were influenced by Jim Jones. And Jim Jones' influence is still there in these radical leftists with the rainbow and, the you know, it's crazy. Jane Fonda. Are you surprised that Jane Fonda promoted Jim Jones? Pulitzer Prize winner Herb Cain promoted him. Most people don't know this stuff. They're, they just think Kool-Aid. They don't realize how embedded in the Democratic Party he was, all the tricks that he did. They got a lot of it from Jim Jones. Jim Jones' ministry... Get this, 75% black Americans and 25% white Americans. Most of the people that were taken advantage of were black. The people who Jim Jones said he was here to protect. Typical white fucking liberal. Um, 
look, if, if, if anyone comes up to you and you have to give them all your savings and you have to worship them and join a church and give up all your ability to make your money and decide on your own, they are not there for your good nature. That's why we know this Democratic Party. I, I'm just telling you, the Democratic Party is like Jim Jones on crack. They have adopted this. Jim Jones was preaching this. Just join a welfare state. Just let me have control. Well, this is where the government is. And it's, it's insane. And it's not freedom. Jim Jones was not freedom. They came, I mean, the people came from all economic backgrounds that followed him in the People's Temple. But the thing that he targeted most was he targeted vulnerable black Americans. Um, <clears throat> So, like I said before, he's, you know, showering the people at first with compliments and, and, and you know, love and you belong. He did the same thing. Guess what? He, he, he preached inclusivity. Woe to capitalism. Capitalism doesn't include you. It doesn't want you. We've got love and acceptance and inclusivity. Does that sound familiar? Because Jim Jones preached it in the 70s. Does that sound familiar today? These people are sniffing off of Jim Jones. A deadly, murderous cult leader, guys. A deadly, murderous cult leader. So, like I told you, the black families, they're giving up their businesses. There were some black Americans who were successful business people. And they give it all to him just to belong. And they, people think that, that this group has this special magical power and they just give it all. They unknowingly put themselves back on the plantation when they did that with Jim Jones. You don't give up your property and your individual rights because you're literally putting yourself on a plantation. It, it is a disgrace that people aren't calling this out with the Democratic Party and welfare. And that exists today. So... Of course, once you're in the church, typical of cults is they cut them off from family members. They have to devote all of their time to working, volunteer, road trip, recruiting members, building the Jim Jones empire, essentially, because they're not get they're they're just slaves. This is how you get to be a slave, people. This is you give up your individual ability to create money, your free movement to associate with whoever you want regardless of what they believe, you give that up when you go into a cult. A lot of times, you know, the, the people in this church are maybe getting a few hours of sleep. They have to work nonstop. And they're made to feel guilty about wanting what is called luxuries when it, and they should be improving the world. Luxuries were probably just like, I'd like a blanket and a pillow. Like it's normal stuff. Their diets were minuscule. So they give all their stuff to Jim Jones. And he promises to take care of them and love them and provide their dental work. And they're starved. They're given hardly any money. Um, they don't receive the medical and dental attention they were promised, of course. Surprise, surprise. Um, just horrendous abuse. And, and eventually he turns the cult leader, the, the cult members in his church against each other. So that when someone speaks out and shows sanity, they all attack each other. Well, we've seen this. We've seen this with the pandemic. They brainwash them so bad that anyone that puts their hand up and says, you know, this is kind of crazy. This doesn't make any scientific sense. They're all attacked. This is how cults work. Okay. So Jim Jones's style was, like I said, a kind of black Pentecostal preacher. 
He knew his target audience. He understood the black audience that he was really going for. And that 25% of white, obviously, maybe they were people with identity issues and they wanted to be in something popular, is my guess, and belong. And that was the trendy thing to do. Um, he used to use healings to prove he had the power of God. And I'm going to tell you, you should see how some of these healings were set up. Trick, do not believe. Yes, he's skillful orator presentations very well controlled like his presentations were very well planned orchestrated and he practiced mesmerizing his audience and here's here's an example of how he would do healings so he would have people fake that they were blind and cripple and then suddenly be healed so he'd hire actors they would fake cutting out cancel of cancer from people and hold it up and go, ah, and it was just rotten chicken that he had hidden. One time, he drugged a woman that was a member of the church, and when she passed out, he had them put a cast on her leg. When she comes to, she comes conscious, he tells her, wow, when she passed out, she fell and broke her leg. And there she looks down, and she has this cast on, so she's like, oh, my God. And they're like, yeah, when you were unconscious, we, the doctor... We took you for medical treatment and the doctor put a cast on. So then he would have a, this woman believe she broke her leg when she didn't. Then during a sermon, he would turn to her and say, I'm going to give you a healing. We're going to heal this broken leg. And he would do his big performance and do all his preaching and they would cut the cast off. And he would tell her, get up and run, walk and show how you're healed. And of course she would do it. She's thinking she has a broken leg. They literally drugged her and she had no idea what really happened. But she never had a broken leg. They just drugged her and put the cast on. So she starts running down the aisle and all everybody's like, oh my God, it's real. He's Jesus. He's curing this woman. That's how he did it. And of course, now the people are, they really believe. They're like, that's it. Jim Jones is my man. He can heal me. And then you can say, well, hey, you don't need medical attention. You just need Jim Jones and his magic. And of course, it was never broken. Nothing was um, wrong at all with that woman. It was all just... You've got to be a devious, manipulative motherfucker to do shit like that. You really do. So another thing that Jim Jones did that the whole governments are doing today is he purposely confused his members sexually by telling them everyone was either a lesbian or homosexual and he was the only heterosexual. He controlled them sexually. He'd make them, you know, sustain or abstain from sex, sorry. And, of course, he was allowed to have sex with whoever he wanted, but he would confuse them about their gender identity. He would confuse them about lesbian, homosexual, and he would tell the men they're really homosexual when they were heterosexual. And he would go, of course, and probably have sex with a lot of them. And then... um use that to manipulate them like we just you're, you're gay like you don't want anyone to know and so this whole gender ideology jim jones was doing it back in the 70s most of you probably don't know that they, they this stuff is classic cult manipulation when you're doing the sexual manipulation so when these trannies today come out and be like you're constructing society no that's called biology and nature the only ones who are constructing anything are the trans and the surgeons because they're the ones who have to medicate drug and and operate they're the constructors and they're very devious constructors and this is cult because jim jones was doing this in the 70s okay 
So he controls sex. He controls sex for the members. Nobody's allowed to do any sexual anything. Only Jim Jones gets to do that. Um, so if, like I told you, the nonconformists, they got abused by the other people. Because then they would be identified as the enemy within. So you'd have violent beatings, turning members against each other. There was children who were abused by being paddled and even electrical shocked and made to stand by a ledge for hours while they got shocked. Parents had been so manipulated for so long, they stopped questioning this man abusing their own children. And those who did question eventually leave, which is what Jim Jones wants. And all along while he's operating this, by the way, Jim Jones is looking for a place to move these people out of America. He's looking for a place in South America. He was always looking. So he's he, this is his plan. He's always had this plan. This just didn't pop up and let's go. So Jim Jones, what he wants is if he's going to move everybody to South America in their own little commune, he wants to make sure that everybody in church is controllable by him so he has to do a test so what he started to do and this is literally a foreshadowing of what's going to happen in South America is he began practicing in the services mock poisonings and he called them white knights as in n-i-g-h-t-s he would have members drink a punch he'd bring a punch and have them drink it during a ceremony and then he would tell them after it has poison in it You've only got so much time to live. And so the people would go crazy. They would flip out. Because they thought they were going to die. And then he'd say, ah, nah. Just kidding, just kidding, I'm just kidding. There's no poison in it. Take it back. Like, la, la, la. And once he did that, he did that to sort out the people who were totally brainwashed from people who would stand up to him. And so what happened when he did these mock poisoning is the people who were like not as conforming said fuck this and got out. But that's what he wanted. He wanted them to go because he wanted the weakest sheepish of them all to literally conform to him. Yeah. Yeah. So this stuff that the Democratic Party is spewing now is with there's KKK out there, there's the Nazis, the capitalists are evil. They're like most of them are literally in bed with half the capitalist corporations, ironically, all the politicians. But Jim Jones was spouting this. There's Nazis everywhere. Oh, Nazis, Nazis. It's like we can't let go of Hitler in World War II. It's like, when does it end? When is there not all these Nazis everywhere? Because there really isn't. Especially to believe that today, when racism is at an all-time low, it's just, there's no excuse for it. It's really, really crazy. Um, so most of this stuff that he's saying is out there is actually Jim Jones. Jim Jones is a Nazi. Jim Jones is trying to be a capitalist and you know, steal all these people's money and make money and get positions. He's operating exactly the way that he says is evil. It's his shadow. Um, now, Jim Jones also starts heavy drug use. And that's, you, you know, the iconic image of Jim Jones with those, you know, sunglasses. He was wearing those sunglasses so people couldn't see his eyes. And it gave him, it just fed into this whole cool, like, I'm Elvis kind of, um, I guess Elvis was wearing those glasses too. It just fed into his uh, brand where people thought he was so cool, the cool reverend, you know, Jim Jones. But he was really wearing those glasses to hide the fact that he's a serious drug addict by this time. Um, he had like this bloodshot drug induced look in his eyes. And so he starts, he's looking in Guyana at this time, like I told you, and he plans to leave. 
And so the hideousness of this and how you can see all this socialism happening and all the rainbow stuff that we see in abundance with the left who think it's great today, it starts with an evil cult leader. So years before they left, like I told you, they're setting up Guyana. He's got, he's been scouting out different places, but he's decided on Guyana. And what happened, the mainstream media, as they do today with, with Biden and all the stuff they ignore, and they just present Jim Jones as this positive guy. But they knew, the mainstream media knew there was problems. There were, there was hints and people talking about him. And of course, anyone who left the, ch- the church, God help them, their lives were threatened by Jim Jones. They were terrified. And this, that's what else happens in cults. You leave it, your life's in jeopardy. The cult members will try and get you and kill you. Like he wants you done so you can't expose who Jim Jones really is. That's the Democratic Party right now. But what happened is, thank God for independent journalists who were not part of networks. They started to interview ex-members and they started to do investigative journalism on all his frauds and all of his scams and on Jim Jones and the People's Temple. And the ex-members who took off told them what was really happening in the church. So when this article, and they, they, Jim Jones tried to stop this article. Um, Jim Jones knew the article was coming out. He knew it was going to be released. He had the editor call, contacted him and read it to him and told him, do you have anything to say about this? And it was these independent journalists who exposed Jim Jones initially. And it started to go down with him because within six hours of Jim Jones realizing that this article about him was going to come out showing how awful he was. He had the rest of his member packed up, leaving. 24 hours later, they were off to Guyana. Literally that fast. He knew knew he had to get out because he knew the act was up, that people were exposing him. But here's the thing. Nobody can pack that many people up and leave the country unless they've got connections. So clearly people were helping him. Democrats, politicians, whomever. He had help. You you can't pack up a thousand people and headed out to Guyana in 24 hours. He's, he's also, not only does he have this heavily planned, he does it so suddenly because he realizes this article is coming out about him. He's, he's got help. He's got friends in high places. Which shame, shame, shame on all the politicians. And this still happens today. You know it. I know it. So he gets there. But, you know, the media is still playing along with him. Even though this article comes out, he's presented. Come and see. It's an amazing place. You can see video footage of him. He's got it all set up. It's just literally a shithole. He sets up, like, big scenes so the media can come and film it. Just as, I mean, Hitler did the same thing. Look at how nice it is during the Olympics. Like, he's setting it up to make it look like it's good. We got fruit. We got this. We got bananas. You know, everyone's happy. We're singing Kumbaya fucking ya. And everything's good to go. Jim Jones' paranoia, though was at a high because he's being more and more illicit, more and more corrupt, more and more the psychopath, and his drug use is going exponentially out of control. His political influence also starts to weaken because people are growing more suspicious. Even though he's trying to present everything as good to the media and look what we're doing and it's love, 
people are becoming more suspicious. And there's Congressman Leo Ryan in 1977 starts becoming interested in the People Temple, People's Temple. And he, Leo Ryan was a hands-on politician. He wasn't these people who, of today, who are, you know, crazy ass. Um, yeah, Jim Jones, oh, he had a, he had a custody battle over a child that probably wasn't even his, but he claimed it was. So it was a child of ex-members Timothy and Grace Stowen, as listed on the birth certificate. I think he took the kid over to Guyana and kidnapped it. Like, this is crazy. These people, they think everything's theirs and they can control everyone and anything in the church. And what, once you step over and let them control, you're in big trouble. So we come to 77 where Leo Ryan is investigating this and, you know, he really starts to realize what's going on. Um, in 78, relatives begin distributing packets of documents and affidavits and such to the press and to members of Congress. So relatives of the people that are over there are saying, hey, this guy's crazy. He's abusive. Um, so then Jim Jones hires JFK conspiracy theorists Mark Lane and Donald Freed to help make the case that there was a conspiracy against him. It actually lost him even more support, though, politically. So he tried to do that. It's a conspiracy theory, just like the Democrats do today. He tried to say, oh, these accusations are conspiracy theories. He used the CIA technique. He, he did the exact same thing that they do today, but it didn't work. Nobody bought it. So Congressman Ryan in 1978, we know in November, he, along with future Congresswoman Jackie Spear, who's a Democrat, uh, NBC camera crew and reporters head out to Guyana. They land in Georgetown on November 15th. Then they flew to the Port Kaituma airstrip. So Jones, he already knew they were coming. He already had this whole thing mapped out. He had a good idea of what was going to happen, that they weren't there to be his friend. <clears throat> so he, of course, makes all the members put on a good show. Hitler did this. You know, Mao does this. Like, they all do this. Everyone act happy. Let's put make it look good. Any abusive family does this. You know, it's not natural. And you can feel the contention. And I think, like, Jackie Spear and, and Leo Ryan, I think they could feel that something was off when they go to this um, Jonestown in um, Guyana, they were like, hmm, it looks good, everything looks fine, but what slowly starts to happen is people start handing them notes, like, help me, oh my god, that they wanted to leave. Um, Vernon Gosley, Gosney was one of the first <clears throat> to hand a note to uh, NBC reporter Don Harris. Congressman Ryan was actually stabbed by Don Sly that night. Jones doesn't further protest people leaving, and Ryan leaves along with some other members and his entire crew. And people were, you know, their presence there, people were begging for help because it was so abusive. But they've gotten themselves so isolated that their, their, their fate is sealed. They've got all these guys around. If you go and look at all the footage, there, there's armed guards there who will shoot anyone who does anything against Jim Jones. And they're all brainwashed. So they go back to the... Port Kaituna airstrip, Leo Ryan, um, Jackie Spear. But, you know, Jane, Jim Jones is so paranoid at this point that he had sent his little, what they called the Red Brigade, his little guys with machine guns. He had sent them ahead of time 
to the airstrip and asked for them to gun them all down and kill them. Like, this is how crazy. This is a U.S. congressman and a future congresswoman. And Jim Jones is so delusional about his power and who he is. He's ordering them to be gunned down at the airstrip. And that's exactly what happens. Um, <clears throat> the gunmen showed up as they were boarding the plane to leave. They shot and killed Leo Ryan, Don Harris, Bob Brown, Greg Robinson, and Temple member Patricia Parks, who had gone with them. Jackie Spears was left for dead, but she survived with five bullets into her. Naturally, this was followed by one of the worst mass murders that went on. And I'm not sure you can go in here recording. Everyone will say it's mass suicide. It was not a mass suicide. This was mass murder. And when you go in here, the recordings, Jim Jones was recording everything. He's off his rocker. He's a total drug addict. He knew that he couldn't live. And this is what these psychopaths do when it's at the end, like Hitler shooting himself. He had over 900 members there. 260 of them were children. He was administering a type of grape Kool-Aid laced with cyanide. That's a horrible death. And a lot of them weren't even drinking that. The, the parents were made to give their children the cyanide laced Kool-Aid. Or they would have been shot. And then once, this is how you do it, you get them to kill their children. Once their children are dead, they don't want to, like, you know, they want to be dead. That's it. It's done. It's gone. And so you see a lot of people with uh, injection marks where they were injecting poison into them, murdering them. So this wasn't everyone wanted to commit suicide. Most, all of those people wanted to live. They were murdered. And they were, it was that or they were going to get shot to death. So many were forced poison. The final body count was 913, including Jones. They originally thought it was about 400. But when they realized there was bodies hiding under the piles, they could see some of the members did escape into the jungle and make their way to Georgetown. So there are survivors. There's a few of them, and they had one hell of a journey through the jungle to get back to Georgetown. It's a, mir it's a miracle they survived. Here's where some conspiracy theories come up, and I think they're not really conspiracy theories. They're probably more a fact. Because we know that Jim Jones had serious political ties. It's obvious he was able to make big things happen with his group of 3,000 cult followers. And that they had this sort of, they were riding this sort of cultural change that was happening in the 70s. Um, even to this day, some of the survivors of Jonetown had suspicions of different psyops and cover-ups. And this might not just be silly conspiracies at all. So there was a lot. Did the CIA have to deal with Jim Jones to get access to Guyana through his property? Was this a psyop to ruin black prosperity in America and down the civil rights movement? That's another question that's been brought up. Had Jim planned not to kill himself, but to flee to Russia or Cuba? That was an idea that he originally was just going to leave them all there and take off to Russia or Cuba. And the question is, how involved was the FBI and other politicians prior to realizing how serious the situation was? I think they were quite involved. Um, <clears throat> there's a lot of conspiracies about how he was involved with the CIA. And I think the CIA has hushed it up because they were like, oh shit. This has gone somewhere we weren't exactly planning, and 913 people are now dead. Mass suicide. So, if anybody has any more information on that, or you want to drop any comments, or go to the Twitter and leave a comment, or put a comment in the Twitter um, link to this article, go ahead. But 
there's a lot of questions about who gave Jim Jones that much power. So let's fast forward to today. I wanted to make this contrast and this comparison to Jim Jones and the Marxism today. He is literally kind of the godfather of this kind of cult movement. And the rainbow, you got the rainbow, he kind of dissed Jesus, he dissed Christianity, he was trying to make communism and himself as a Jesus figure, he was trying to make that the new religion, everybody's going to, you know, worship him. He's getting them all to hand over all of his stuff. Oh, sorry. He's getting them, these people, to hand over all of their wealth, their riches, their everything, and he can control them. And here we'll kind of do it like you're on welfare. You see this in the government today, disturbingly so. And everybody always thinks this stuff's going to work. And the reason they do is they're weak and they're scared and they want someone else to tell them everything's going to be okay. And they want you to provide something they're not getting in their life. If they're not getting the mysteries and they're not getting something from religion and you're not raising them that way, which was happening more and more in the 60s, 70s cultural revolution, they're going to fill it up with something. And unfortunately, they filled it up with Jim Jones, who was... Hmm. There's a jet flying over. Jim Jones is essentially a psychopath. He's got the dark triad. He's got the psychopathy. He's got the narcissism. He's got the Machiavellianism. You know, and he's got this also this need for, you know, everyone to worship him as a god and never question him. Cult leaders have this personality when they feel no guilt. And imagine, now today you see people worshiping Jim Jones it's so insane. There was this group. I've got him. I still have my images of this group. It's really interesting. Um, it's called Jim Jones Cult Leader. It was a group on Facebook, and people were idolizing, dressing up in costume. They daily they'll post a picture and talk about how fashionable he was, and look at Jim Jones' outfit. Like this is sick. That this is like idolizing Hitler. But they have such an enigmatic personality that people now will tend to idealize and fantasize in some weird, creepy way. How amazing he, this psychopathic murderer, you know, parasite who lived off the insecurities of black Americans in the 70s. You know, how, you know, he's a really horrible girl who was selling she was creating stuff. I, I don't know if she was selling it on Etsy or somewhere. She completed her Holy Trinity art project. She has these three bottles. And they have, a, a, like, they, they look kind of Catholic-y. But they're not. They've got a cross on top. I'm going to put this slideshow that I have that I've created up on my website. You can go get it for free. But she, well, the first bottle is supposed to represent the samples of Jim's blood, piss, and decomposition fluid. The second bottle that she did as part of her art project is samples of Jim's semen, fat, and child, whatever that is. Part three, the bottle, the third bottle is Jim's holy water, hair dye, and cyanide potion. Like that, they, they're literally creating art projects and things to sell. Little bottles, they look like perfume, but it's representing elements of Jim Jones. It's so fucked up and sick. It's, it's really crazy. But Jim Jones went from pre preacher child to getting juiced in the jungle, to a mass murderer, cult leader, psychopath. And 
I just sort of described to you very generally how it happened and how he was pushing this stuff we're seeing out there today. He was like creating it, granddaddy. He was pushing it in the culture. He was a very famous icon who did it and he turned out to be the devil in disguise. So I just ask everybody, whether you're liberal or you're um, conservative or whatever, to look at these figures who everybody worships as popular in pop culture and realize that You've got to be skeptical of what they're saying and what they're doing. And when they're asking for your support, you have to stay as an individual and realize that this isn't new. This is, it's being recycled over and over again since, you know, it started off happening like wildfire in Russia. You got it happening in China. Jim Jones has tried it here. We've been resisting it, but it's getting really bad and it keeps rehashing itself and trying to take over the culture based on our weakness and not our strength. And those people who are pushing this are predators and they want to take something from you, whether it's your land, whatever it is. The government is acting like a big commie predator, a big Jim Jones, you know, with a deep state military psycho thing in the background. Well, so that is Jim Jones. The whole Kaituna Jim Jones airstrip thing happened on November 18th, 1978. This was a really tragic event. 913 people were dead. And, you know, we haven't ever seen something so crazy like that. Like, you know, congressmen getting gunned down and anything like that. But I would say, take a look into Jim Jones. Take a look at the footage. Go listen to stuff about him if, you're, if you have an interest for more. And you'll hear what a horrible monster he really was. And at the end, as all the facade falls off and he he's they've got him in the jungle and he's out there and he can do whatever he wants. That preacher man who did love, light, inclusivity, rainbow family, turned out to be an abusive, philandering husband, a sexual pervert, a demonic son of a bitch, an evil, controlling, murdering psychopath. Once it all falls down and he had total control, he was a monster. He cheated on his wife. Even his adoptive children were probably abused. And he was certainly no one, no person, who stood for equal rights of black Americans at all. Uh, he actually took advantage and of the situation. And use that for his corrupt building of power and taking people's money. And that's what makes him, in reality, a useless piece of shit. And those kind of things always end up in disasters. They always end up in the worst place and it always falls apart. So remember that, guys. I'm going to tie this up. I hope you enjoyed all that information about Jim Jones. Go to the website, Melissa Dawn Eclectic. You'll find under archives a lot of eclectic sort of folklore content for free. You'll also find under the documents, you'll find this here. Uh, I've got a whole slideshow if you want to go over all the notes and the images and stuff that I, I did about Jim Jones. I'll put it up there for you guys to check it out. So melissadonneclectic.com. I will put the link to that and my Twitter in the show notes of this podcast. Please share and tune back in. Sorry it was such a hiatus between the shows, but life has a way of getting busy and I just moved to America so 
there was a lot of other things I had to tend to. Uh, thank you for joining the show and I will talk to you again. See ya. That if it is time for me to lay down my body, I will, but all the king's horses and all the king's men cannot bring me down until the time has come. Make yourself God, the 10th chapter of John. And he said, it is written, all of you are gods. He said, I'm no different than you. Everybody's a god. So Jesus is God. I am God. You are God. I have never done anything with any of you, whatever it was, at any time, that it was not to bring you to some growth. Listen, all ye stoppers and poisoners, we're feeling good in the house of Joel today.